Welcome, Braves Nation and all, to the Ethos Braves Podcast. I'm your host, John McKay, and I have the lovely voice of Jeremy Bell. On the line, Jeremy, how's it going? Oh, it's great. How's it going with you, John? Well, it's struggling. The Braves are struggling. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, yes. We talked very highly of Tucker Davidson last week, and this week, um, sorry, Tucker, you didn't pitch very well last night. The Phillies had your number. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it was not. Um, it was not very good. Although I, you know, I, I think the the walks got him in trouble last night, and 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 I, you know, we can we can talk, you know, about a lot of different things. The walks really what got him in trouble. Uh, I was kind of hoping that he would keep going and pitch, uh, just because we've got so many games coming up mm-hmm. uh, and and no days off. And I know that's probably what Snit was planning on doing. The problem is they were just getting further away, and and a chance of coming back was was getting less and less. So uh, he had to go get him. But uh, you know the guys that pitch after that pitch really well. I thought Dylan Lee came in and pitched really well. So uh, gave a, at least uh, that long relief. Uh, of what we needed so and at the end we made the the Phillies work a little bit harder Mm -hmm. too in their bullpen which uh you know you've got a four game set with the Phillies and and if you know anything about uh pitching uh they're going to need all the bullpen that they can get as well and their bullpen has not been so great the last few years their ERA and their bullpen last year was six and it's you know four almost five this year so uh, you know, if we get to the bullpen, that's a, that's a great thing. And, and they did. They got to it. Just they didn't take advantage of opportunities that they had. Uh, I thought it could have been a much closer game. Uh, I thought there was times we were going to really push the envelope and get a little bit closer. But uh, it just didn't happen. You know, it just didn't happen. Shameless plug. Can I, if I can throw one in here right quick. Yes. I saw Dylan – well, I, I listened to Dylan Lee pitch because I don't see much of nothing these days. Um, <laughs> Um, I listened to Dylan Lee pitch in person Saturday night at Gwinnett. Um, shameless plug: Drew Waters had a great game and a great catch. If you right. if you were able to if you're able to go watch the uh, the catch at center field for Drew Waters from Saturday night, go watch it. It's awesome. Um, well, you, your shameless plug. At least uh, you know that's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. That's kind of the 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 future. Uh, Drew Waters, Michael Harris. <laughs> Uh, those guys with the Cunha out there. So, uh, and, and honestly, you know, even Snitker changing the lineup up last night, uh, I thought was, uh, I thought was good, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, even though Ozuna's been having a hot streak going, uh, you know, some of those guys in, in Gwinnett, some of those guys in Rome starting to push a little bit harder to get to the big league. <laughs> Uh, and, it, and there's going to have to be some decisions made over the next few months, uh, maybe even weeks, about some of those guys making an appearance in the big leagues to see if they can get started, get restarted with things. Oh. Uh, and I and I think that it would be a good idea for them to get up there quickly. You there? I'm there, yeah. I don't know what that was. Sorry, guys. Um, it just went blank for a second. Do you there? I'm here. You want to start this all over again? No, I think we're good. We just all right. Um, also modern uh, modern technology, right? Right. Um, <laughs> Dylan Lee actually 
He gave up one run and then was lights out. He gave up a home run on Saturday night in the Gwinnett game and then was lights out the rest of the ninth inning. He closed that game yeah. out. Uh, two well, teams. you know, we've been looking for that fifth guy. Um, and and maybe that's a guy we look at. We thought Bryce Elder might be the guy. Uh, we thought Tucker Davis. Uh, maybe Dylan Lee might be the guy. You know, as you mentioned, Tukey. Tukey was one guy that that you know might be the guy. But a lot of these guys have not taken advantage of coming up. Uh, and then when they have to go back down, they talked about this on the broadcast uh, last night. You know, what do you do when you go back down? Mm -hmm. Is it so demoralizing when you go back down that you can't work your way up? Uh, well, when you've been told in the beginning that, hey, you're going to come up, you're going to make a spot start or two, and then you're going to go back down so that you can continue with the rhythm that you ha have going. And, and a lot of these guys think that demotion is a demotion, and it's not mm -hmm. a demotion. It is more or less just to, because the big leagues are so different. Um, it, it's such a – you're, you're such a rhythm type person in a not only a player that plays the field, but a, a guy that pitches as well. You know, you're a guy that's used to pitching every fifth day or every fourth day, and if you're not doing that, then then you're going to struggle even more ment on the mental side of things. So, um, you know, a lot of these guys uh, have got to take that demotion back down as, hey, it's okay, I'm going back down to pitch. I'm going to stay in the rhythm, and then I've got that opportunity to come back up. So, uh, you know, right now that fifth spot, it, it's wide open. Uh, any one of these guys could take advantage of it and, and really knock it out of the park, and that's really what we need because, let's face it, I think we've got four guys right now that are pretty in pretty good shape. Right. Uh, but, but that fifth start, especially, John, especially right now, especially this little – stretch that they're in and this is what I don't understand about major league baseball scheduling is we're playing 17 games in a row jeez 17 games in a row and what what was it was it last week or week before last i believe we had a day off on monday and a day off on thursday why was that i don't know why why wasn't it you know you're playing on monday like normal and then you're off on Thursday. So that way, in that 17-game stretch, you got a day off in between there. Maybe you're playing eight games in a row with a day off, and then you're going to come back and play another eight games in a row. You know, right. I don't understand. When they sit down and figure this out, what do they do? They throw darts on a dartboard, and, and they, oh, yeah, okay, so Atlanta's going to play 17 games in a row, but yet – the week before, they're going to have two days off. Or the week before that, they're going to have two days. I don't understand. Anyway, sorry. I've never quite grasped that. I've got two more things to mention. or Well, technically three and then from the minor leagues. And then we'll get into uh, the major leagues here. Yeah. Um, Tukey, he did give up three runs in six and a third innings. Um, but he looked decent. There was some pretty solid contact on him. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, he looked good. Um Jared Schuster in Mississippi is – he had one really bad outing. He only lasted mm -hmm. two-thirds of an inning. But his other start was dominant. And even with that bad start, his ERA is only like 220 or 218. So, oh, wow. That's good. He, he's good. He, he probably yeah. should be called up to Miss, or Gwinnett here soon. Or, yeah, Gwinnett yeah. here soon. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing I thought was cool, Von Grissom had a straight steal of home this weekend – or this week. Oh. Against uh, Aberdeen, the Ironbirds, Cal Ripken's team that he owns. 
Wow. That's so that uh, really cool. unheard unheard of by the way because nobody steals bases anymore yeah. uh so and and it's funny because when the Braves when when they get on base when the Braves get on base when there's certain people get on base you know they're going to be stealing you know like Ronald or, or Ozzy they always pay attention to, to those two guys uh so and normally when Ronald gets on it it you know with a walk or something like that it's a it's a a, a walking double or triple uh yeah. but but the guy stealing home or stealing any bases, uh, that's the lost art. And again, that's just pressure on the pitcher. Uh, yep. If you can, you can get it done. But a straight steal of home, that's that's good stuff right there. Now that's old school. You know that used to happen. You know you used to have to keep an eye on that guy and, and uh, at at third base or second base. You know now with the shift being so prevalent as it is, they're not holding the guy on at third base. He could be halfway down the line. I mean, he could get a steal. <laughs> You know, it's the old little league thing. You know, when you throw the ball back to the pitcher, he just takes off running. Uh, I mean, that's that's. I used to hate that, by the way, uh, when we were playing uh, little league, and we even came to the point where in a league um, we played, you couldn't do that uh, because. And then we would go play in tournaments, and all of a sudden we'd have to get used to that again. So uh, I don't. I didn't it, know that was a thing. Uh, well, it is. It was. Uh, I, you know, I've been out of the, the uh, Little League game for uh, a long, long time with my son. We've been playing like normal baseball rules, but uh, mm-hmm. there were a lot of other little little itsy-bitsy rules in there that we had in the league that I didn't necessarily agree with. The steal of home was probably one that I didn't like. Everything else, uh, I, I didn't mind as far as stealing went because that was just part of the game. Uh, but, yeah, stealing home, that's pretty good. But, again, with the shift – I mean, you could be halfway home. I mean, yes. anytime. I mean, if you were trying to stop a guy from third base coming home on just a normal hit, if he goes on the crack of the bat, there's no way you're throwing him out at home because no. he's already halfway there. And then you're going to let the guy get at first base, and now you're going to have a runner on at first. So anyway, the way they so far. the way they described it, he was almost at home before the guy threw the pitch. Yes. Well, uh, well, was it? Um, was it last night that um, I believe it was uh, Monday night? Uh, guy took off for second base before the pitch was even thrown, and I think it was was it Stevens pitching, I believe, and uh, he went ahead and he went ahead and threw the pitch, and by the time I mean, and and Darno could do nothing about it. So oh oh, um, I think I remember that. Yeah yeah yeah. So they were saying, why didn't he step off? Step off. And anyway, it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but right. but still. Uh, you know, there's that pressure on the pitcher. And the pitcher, you know, those relief pitchers that come in, um, nine out of ten times aren't looking to get anybody on base. They don't know how to act when somebody gets on base. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know that they're <laughs> supposed to – none of them have very good pickoff moves. Uh, so uh, – and and really, really who has a good pickoff move? You know, Max is – you know, with lefties should have a, a pickoff move every single time they get out there. Uh, I mean, it's just the game you play. So anyway, well, there was I, a we, right. I know, I know, we're on a soapbox, and I'm sorry, yeah. listeners. But wasn't there a right-handed pitcher that had a dominant uh, uh, pickoff move for the Braves here recently? Um, well, you know, Charlie Morton's got a pretty good pickoff move. Is it him? Um, uh, maybe. Uh, yes, I, I, I think I. Yes, but I cannot remember who it was. Um, okay. But but Charlie Morton has a good one. Um, he's been known to pick off guys. I, I don't understand how right-handers have a good 
it's always to me questionable how a right-hander has a good pickoff move, uh, you know, because they've got to spin around basically. Mm-hmm. Whereas a left-hander, you're looking straight at the guy. So right. a left-hander is, is, uh, you know, going to be a dominant, uh, dominant, uh, person when it comes to trying to pick somebody off. So I, anyway, it's, you know, semantics, I guess. You never can – you never know. You never know who's going to have it. But Charlie Morton does have a pretty good pickoff. Was, was it Julio Tehran? Uh, Tehran, that's it. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, I haven't heard that name in, in quite a while. But it was Tehran, yes. Okay. Yes. I knew it but was see, somebody. But, see, then again, as a pitcher, you can get so caught up with the guy on first or right. uh, the guy on the base, and guess what you do? You forget about the batter. Uh, right. And I think half the time that was Tehran's fault. Um, he would forget about the batter and worry about the guy on first. And then when he had to worry about the batter, he'd throw a pitch he could hit. I don't, you know, you're talking about having, having a pitcher that, um, that has, you know, some strong contact. I would rather see the contact of the bat than walking, you know, cause mm-hmm. that's what Tucker Davidson got in, into. And that's mm-hmm. what somebody like Ian Anderson is the same way in the game on Monday night against the Phillies. It was, you know, nibble, 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 walk, walk, walk. Uh, right. And, you know, Tucker would get an 0-2 count, and then he would come back and try to finesse him to get a strikeout or something. And instead of just throwing the ball right down the – you know, throwing the ball in and around the strike zone, uh, forget the whole, um, you know, trying to trying to hit that slight edge of the corner to get a strikeout. Just throw the ball down the, down the plate. Let him hit it. Let him put it in play. Um, so the Braves finally go win the series. Pardon? Wait. Did the Braves finally Yeah, they do. You know, um, it, it was good to see them come out um, on uh, Friday night and Saturday night, get the lead, um, and then hold on to it, which is what we did. We still, you know, it was still a little stressful at the end, but to hold on to it. And even Sunday's game, um, we, we made a run at them at least. To, to get back in it, but it was good to see coming out strong um, against the Marlins uh, on Friday night. Um, you know, a good uh, a good pitching game against Charlie Morton, five and a third. Only walked one guy, struck out five. So uh, another, uh, and then McHugh and Strider and Mentor and Smith all came in and and pitched really really well. So uh, just another. Uh, another good outing from the staff and another good outing from the bullpen. We had to hang on to things, but you still like the idea of uh, what Morton was doing and, and what some of the others were doing as well. So on Friday, the Braves won five to three. Um, like you said, the bullpen would look great. Who would you say stood out? Well, I would say, um, hold on just a second. You know, Ozuna's been heating it up. Wouldn't you say Ozuna's been hot? Yes, I would. I would say uh, Ozuna has been hot. Uh, he's been he, he's been tearing it up. Um, uh, you know, Ozzy had a good game with a, with a hit. Um, Ozuna though, Ozuna and Darno, couple of good hits. Um, Duvall and Swanson had one as well. Um, you know, and Acuna had a couple hits as well. Uh, Acuna playing uh, DH pretty much most of the uh, weekend because of not being on the turf. Uh, mm-hmm. Wanted him more on the grass side of things, which I, you know, I, I get. Uh, you know, 
being on that turf, you never know, you know, twisting an ankle here or there, and all of a sudden your knees hurt again. So, right. uh, I, I, again, my standout would be Charlie Morton. Probably, even though Ozuna's been that guy heating it up, I think Charlie Morton, again, <laughs> another good outing with uh, five strikeouts and seven hits. Uh, gave up three earned runs. I get that, but only one walk, John. I think that's very important with that one walk. Awesome. Um, so the Braves and Marlins swap scores the next two games. Uh, yeah. They win four to three on Saturday and then lose four to three on Sunday. Um, who? What? What stood out to you from Saturday's game? Uh, Saturday's game. Uh, what I I really really um, you know really like was it was. It was kind of the pitcher's duel, uh, but Kyle Wright, again, with five innings, uh, you know, three walks is what I, I didn't like about it, uh, but six strikeouts. But, again, it was the bullpen. Jackson Stevens, another great pitching, had to come in and kind of help with Darren O'Day, uh, help him get out of the inning that he got into. Uh, Mentor and Kenley Jansen, again, three strikeouts, although Jansen did give up an earned run, kind of made it a little bit scary there at the end. But that guy who, who has been uh, and even cracking the lineup again last night or again Monday night in left field, William Contreras, once again, uh, another great outing for him. Uh, I believe another two homer night for him, if I recall. Um, and, you know, a guy, and I was telling my son that you were telling this story, he didn't have any homers at Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. He comes up and he's already got, what, two, two homer nights, I believe. Right. Uh, so – but William Contreras, another standout, and the guy getting himself playing time, uh, much more playing time. I'm not necessarily saying he needs to be in left field, uh, but I, my understanding was in spring training he did try a little bit in right field. Uh, mm-hmm. But but to get his bat in there, uh, and, and of course Monday night, we would have got the first run on the board if he'd have just been running a little bit harder. Um, and he got out at home right off, you know, in the first inning, which would have got us off to a great start. But he was on base, and once again, another another hit. So, you know, I think he got two hits last night, if I recall. Um, but William Contreras, you know, putting himself in the lineup. And why is he putting himself in the lineup? Because he's hitting the ball, John, and that's important. Uh, we've got to have guys hitting. And even to the point where Schnitt changed the lineup up, to, to move him into second and to move Matt Olson out of that second spot to maybe get him going hitting the ball a little bit better really changed the lineup up last night or Monday night and, and, and just, you know, but, but William Contreras got in that second spot and I think he proved that he can play in that second spot if they need him because it's a pretty big bat following Ronald Acuna. I was going to ask you what you thought of uh, William Contreras in left field because I noticed that he was in there last uh, night. Well, you see, the, as, as you look at what he was doing defensively, um, I, I was listening and watching it at times. I was listening in the first inning, and um, the, the first hit of the game was a hard-hit liner to left field. And, um, you know, some of those plays like those liners where you are kind of caught in between uh, you don't know whether you should go and catch it or not. He decided to let it drop, and then he had to, as what the um, you know the guys on the radio said, had to play his catcher role of just blocking the ball. You know, mm-hmm. that's a ball that could have very easily gotten by him, and then you would have thought, oh, no, he's not going to be good out there in left field. And he let it drop, which that's fine. 
no worries. And they said maybe the most skilled left fielder would have had trouble uh, getting to that ball to catch it. So he let it drop. That's fine. The one time probably where his inexperience showed was on a ball down the left field line and Austin Riley went out to get it and he and Contreras came in and Contreras probably should have been the one calling Austin Riley off because of the angle that Riley was having to take to it and the ball falls right in the middle of them. Mm. Um, but you know what? Uh, Duvall and Acuna as well had a ball go in the middle of them that ended up plating about three runs because neither one of them either neither one of them caught it or none of them took control of it and both of them kind of looked like they were wanting the other one to take it when it was really Duvall's ball. So even the most experienced guys have trouble playing the outfield sometimes and it's just an experiment and I think it's an okay, I'm okay with that experiment uh, just to, to get Contreras' bat in there because I would probably rather have Contreras playing out there because of the arm that he has rather than Ozuna because Ozuna doesn't have a very strong arm. He may be better defensively, but guys run on Ozuna all the time. Uh, and and Contreras with a catcher's arm out there, mm-hmm. they're not going to be running on him. No. Um, does Do you think he has the speed as a catcher? Because – the typical <laughs> opinion of a catcher is they're slower, but to be in the outfield, yes. you're not slow. Um, I don't think, as young as he is right now, the speed he has is is very adequate. Okay. Okay. Uh, last Monday night, he got thrown out at the plate, uh, and I think the only reason he got thrown out at the plate was he got a late break on a ball that was hit, um, and then it looked like not necessarily. I'm not saying he was but it kind of looked like he thought that they were going to go ahead and let the run score and they weren't going to throw it home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he had to really hightail it. And then he dove in and let's face it, it took a good throw to get him out. And if the throw had been any more to the right of home plate to where Riamuto had had to gone a little bit further out to get it, he's safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was pretty accurate of a throw and all Rio Muto had to do was just turn and tag him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he almost slid around it, I guess, or under it or whatever. Um, and, and he didn't get there. But it looked like he kind of slowed. And when he slowed going around third, when Washington was giving him the sign to go, and when he was looking, he was like, oh, no, he's throwing it home. I got to run a little bit faster. Uh, and if he'd just been running hard from the very beginning, he would have made it. So, But I think the speed is very adequate right now. Um, if if we're going to continue on with this experiment, which again, I'm okay with, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to take reps getting out and, and, and left field just to be able to, um, you know, get used to it. And that's, and it's another case where, you know, a guy like Adam Duvall is going to have to take precedent over, uh, William Contreras, anything in the gaps and that Duvall can really run and get to and catch, then, then you're going to have to let him do it. So that way he just gets used to it. But um, you know, leaving that bat in there, I'm fine with because let's face it, at the top, if Acuna and Contreras can get going with with Acuna hitting, he gets on first. Potentially, he gets a steal to second, and then Contreras hits him in. You know, that's a pretty good combination. And then you got Ozuna and whoever else after that following. And you know, that's a pretty good little lineup you got up there at the top. Um. I don't know, I know this is another random off topic, but wasn't it Jacob Kendall or uh, uh, a Ken, uh, P- 
catcher a few years ago, or back when I was younger, for the Pirates who would hit first or second, who would lead off. Yeah, Jason Kendall. Yes, um, yes, he would hit. Uh, he would hit lead off. Um, he, uh, yeah, he uh, he was a good hitter. He was not your power hitter. He was your singles, doubles, uh, triple type hitter. But he wasn't your also your prototypical catcher either. He wasn't that big guy. Uh, you know, he was. Uh, I guess fleet of foot maybe is what you would say. Um, I, I remember. You want to you talk about Jason Kendall. And the one thing I remember about Jason Kendall is he rounding first base one time and he got his, uh, he got caught in the turf and he dislocated his ankle. Oh. Um, which, which hurt. You know, Moises Alou did that too, but Jason Kendall did that. But Kendall was a very quick guy behind the plate too. Mm-hmm. He was a very good catcher, very good defensive catcher. Um, but he was just not the guy that was going to hit you. 30 or 40 home runs a year like you would think your prototypical catcher would. Um, he was probably more of an outfielder at, at um, you know, instead of a catcher, uh, just because maybe a, a, a right fielder or maybe even a first baseman or something like that. But he was not your typical catcher, but he was a guy that his bat needed to be in the lineup because he was going to hit you 300 or 320 every single year. He was just that kind of guy. He was a guy, I think, who could beat the shift very easily too? Yeah, because he could hit the ball the other way. Yes. Do, do you think he? I'm bringing it back. Contreras athletics, athletic ability. Do I think Contreras has athletic ability as uh, compared uh, to uh, Kendall? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the thing about Contreras um, is he he can hit with a little more power. Uh, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, he may not be as great a catcher, uh, but let's face it: who is a great catcher these days? <clears throat> uh, you you get an adequate catcher, and you're okay with that. You know, the Braves have never really had uh, great defensive and offensive catchers. They've had one or the other, and really, in the last few years, have never really had the great defensive catchers. But let's face it, John, with the game the way it is, nobody's stealing bases anymore. So what? why why do you need to throw anybody out at second base uh, when nobody does it anymore? You just need that guy behind the plate that's going to be able to block every once in a while and, and be able to stop a wild pitch or a pass or whatever. You know, that's the kind of guy you need back there, but you really want the guy hitting the ball. And that's what if Contreras is going to be catching on a on a more full-time basis, well, that's all you need from him. And he can work on his defensive skills. Just, you know, Ron Washington's there, right? Right. Uh, you know, Ron can teach him teach him a few things, even <laughs> though he wasn't a catcher. He could teach him a few things about how to field balls. Right. Um, you know, but, but again, it just comes with reps. That's all it is. It's the same way if he wants to play left field. But you know he's athletic enough, John, if he can go behind the plate and catch one day and go out to left field the next day. Right. Uh, I mean, that's – you know, and he could play right field probably and be okay. That's where he played out, you know, at, at um, uh, in the, in the uh, spring training, he played out in right field. So, uh, so sure. He's, he's got, he's, he's athletic. That's for sure. And, and you hope the bat continues uh, because that's going to keep him in the lineup personally. And, and that may keep somebody like Travis Demerit out of the lineup, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, that might be a struggle for Demerit, but right now Contreras is the guy who's hot. You got to stick with the hot hand. Right. 
I know a def- I, I know a really good defensive catcher in Oakland. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I'm not sure that guy. Have we talked about him before? I'm um, not sure, John. Yeah, we probably have. <laughs> He's just one of my favorite catchers. Yeah, yeah. Hey, eventually, maybe he could be like Travis Demerit. We could just get him back. Yeah, I mean, I'd love that. Uh, eventually that can happen. He is playing in Oakland. They, you know, they, they usually don't like their guy. I mean, no, I'm not saying they don't like them. They like them. They usually don't keep them very long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I I digress. Um, Yes. On that soapbox. Don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) So the Braves have three more games in this four game series with the Phillies. Kyle Gibson versus Max Freed tonight. Yes. um, You know, Freed comes in four and two. Uh, ERA of 3.31. Gibson Gibson comes in at three and two with a 3.98 ERA. Should be a good pitching matchup tonight. Uh, you know your your hope was you win game one, so that way, you know you go out and, and you put a little more pressure on on the Phillies. But now the Phillies have turned it around. Um, you know the guy that you look at on Thursday is Nola. Uh, and that's a guy who I really have has really pitched well against the Braves. But Morton and Suarez on Wednesday night, and then Wright and Nola on Thursday. So good pitching matchups, I tell you. Um, I was looking at the ERA. Yeah, Morton's. You know, Morton's ERA is Morton's ERA is four point nine five, which that thing's coming down from where it was. Uh, Suarez at, mm-hmm. at 4.12, uh, Wright 2.49, pretty good ERA. And, and Nola, surprisingly enough, Aaron Nola at 3.96. That's usually not a guy that, that has a very high ERA, a very good pitcher. Uh, so, again, I, I think very good pitching matchups uh, coming up uh, for, for the Braves. You've got the top of the, top of the pitching rotation coming up for the Braves. Right. Uh, and that's what you want to finish out. You know, your hope was that Tucker Davidson could have could have done it uh, on on Monday night, but he was unable to do so. Um, and and so you you know you you rely on Max Freed and uh, Charlie Morton and Kyle Wright and and Freed and Morton have been pitching really well. Uh, Kyle Wright still himself pitching very well uh, with that ERA. So you know the Braves right now I think need to get on a a win streak. They have. This is the furthest into any season that they have not had a three-game win streak. Wow. Uh, they've only had the two-game win streak. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's what gets you going is that three-game win streak and put together some games. That's what we got to do. And it's really time to take advantage of the fact that the Mets are on the West Coast uh, playing the Giants. You know, that's some tough competition. You know, the Giants, Dodgers, and, and, and uh, Padres – all having great years, and it's time to take advantage of the, of the Mets being out there uh, and get some wins. And if you put together three or four or five wins in a row, we get this thing back in the in the um, games behind, get it back to three or four, and you put a little bit more pressure on the Mets. Because right now nobody's putting pressure on the Mets. They're eight games up, uh, and 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 the other teams in the in the East are just beating up on each other and and not getting any opportunity to get the gain in that uh, win column. So, to, you know, this is it. I mean, they, tonight is, you know, you got the Phillies in for the three more games and then the Marlins come back in for three, for three more games. So time to get it going, John. 
I think the Braves are nine back as of this morning. If I'm, they may I, have been, oh, yeah, they may have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, but still, it's you know, and, and it's look, it's early, so nothing is insurmountable, especially when it comes to the fact that we're still in May. Okay, right. uh, we still got June, July, August, and September, so nothing is insurmountable. Uh, but some things have got to change. I think that's why Stitt changed lineup. Uh, I think that's why, you know, he, he uh, you know, keeping Acuna at the top and putting Contreras in. Uh, Ozuna was batting third. Then Darno, Osen, Albies, Riley, Duvall, and Swanson. Uh, and to be honest with you, it, that kind of worked. Contreras had two hits. Ozuna had two hits. Darno a hit. Osen a hit. Uh, Albies had a hit. Uh, Austin Riley had two hits. Uh, and then Dansby had two hits. So, you know, it worked. John, they just weren't able to take advantage of when they got runners on base, which, oh, by the way, that's been the whole story this year, not yeah. being able to take advantage of runners in scoring position. Right. Uh, you're exactly right. Um, <laughs> I've always been impressed with Nola, but the last couple of – he had one really good season, and then – yeah, he's fallen. I mean, he's not falling off, but he hasn't duplicated that since then. Yeah, and I'm not sure that's just a product of of not you know the Mets having their fair share. I mean, the Mets, the Phillies having their fair share of struggles being able mm-hmm. to score the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that can always come back to get you the bullpen not being so great uh, and losing games. Uh, and it may be one of those games, you know, one of those times where if you're Aaron Nola that, you know, I've got to go out and I've got to pitch as long as I can. Uh, and maybe that that mentally gets to you. So I, I wonder if over the last couple of years, if he was on a team, another team with uh, like like the Giants or or the Padres, somebody like that, who or the even the Dodgers who have, you know, those winning records and and have teams that can score runs. And I wonder if what difference he would make with them rather than the Phillies. Because let's face it, the Phillies have underachieved. Yeah. Um, With the number of guys they got, they tried to shore up the bullpen. You know, they brought in uh, a guy like Juris Familia, uh, who with the Mets had had really been good, but also had really been bad. Uh, You know, Kyle Kyle Schwarber's there. You know, Camargo's there too. Uh, uh, on that team, you know, trying to shore up some of those spots. But let's face it, they've really underachieved when they brought in Bryce Harper thinking that they were going to get big things happening. Well, the the problem with big things happening when you bring in big guys, make them pitchers maybe, not necessarily hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Mets bringing in Max Scherzer, well, the Mets had a pretty good offensive team. So they bring in Max Scherzer trying to shore up the starting pitchers. Well, the Phillies never shored up their starting pitcher pitching. Let's face it, Aaron Nola was the only guy. Zach Wheeler, great game last night, uh, but he'd always underachieved. And I think when you look at the Phillies in the last, um, you know, probably 10 years, uh, because their last World Series was in 08, I believe. Um, Um. uh, if you look, because I believe they won at eight and the Yanks won at nine because the Giants started that run of 10, 12, and 14, I believe, okay. uh, with the World Series wins. So when you look at their last World Series at in eight, I would say that they probably would put up there as underachievers. And you may think of the Braves as underachievers too, but the Braves at least were winning divisional titles mm-hmm. uh, during that time. And the Phillies 
were always falling apart. Uh, they were never making it to the big dance. And, and, and so they, they, you know, they pay Bryce Harper a lot of money. And fortunately, as far as Bryce Harper goes, being able to play the DH role, because if he wasn't with his elbow in the shape that it is, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even be able to play. Yeah, he would be out two months. Uh, the, and that would that would really hurt. But wouldn't anyway, hitting I, wouldn't hitting uh, put I, torque on his elbow too? I, you know what? I, I've I've wondered why. Yes, I would think so, John. I, I guess I, I don't understand it to be honest with you, as far as how you know you're you're not able to throw, but you're able to hit. But you're still doing the same things as far as it's just a little bit different. So mm-hmm. I guess. You know, they, they, he feels comfortable enough that uh, that he can get out there and hit. But, uh, boy, I don't know. I'd have to, I, I would think that you would still be putting that kind of torque on it that would make it be worse. Uh, right. But I guess, I guess not. I guess it's okay. But, but, again, that's Bryce Harper, a little bit of a history of injuries, too. Mm-hmm. Um and and he's a, a an MVP type player, um, but still, he how many games he plays and doesn't play, but at mm-hmm. least he is able to play. But uh, you know he's a still a scary hitter, and oh, he's yeah. still a guy that I don't want to see with the bases loaded because <laughs> there's no telling what he can do with it. Um, and you know, but again, paying a lot of money for a guy that that. Um, you know, it's only going to – he's a very expensive D8 right now. Let's put it that way. Right. <laughs> By the way, shout out to uh, East Paulding's own Dallas – or uh, Dallas, Georgia's uh, Zach Wheeler. Yes. Uh, yes. Philly. Yes. I yes. Like yes. I, it's good against I, the Braves, but I like to see him do well because he's a Georgia kid. Right. Yes. I heard that last night. As a matter of fact, when he uh, came out to, uh, to pitch, that was what they uh, said. He didn't – he wasn't far down the road, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so right exactly yeah that's i was i was thinking of you exactly when they said that <laughs> <laughs> um so what are your keys for the braves to win these next three games well i think the biggest key is because i i, I would point it to my pitchers but i'm not because I, those guys know what they're supposed to do to begin with I would think that my biggest key would be runners in scoring position. Runners in scoring position. Okay. And let's see where we're at uh, whenever we whenever we get uh, at the end of this series. Let's see where the runners in scoring position are. Uh, and I, I think that is the biggest thing, is to take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, because if you look, you know, with, even with that changed lineup last night, um, we still were not able to take advantage of the runs. I know Acuna popped one up one time. I think Ozzy either struck out or popped one up one time with the runner in scoring position. And so I, I think the opportunity and what they call uh, keep the line moving, mm-hmm. uh, the opportunity last, last night, uh, they could have scored. If you, t- if you, they score the first run in the uh, bottom of the first, it's seven to four. Um, and, and they had opportunities with second and third with one out, and mm-hmm. didn't score any runs. And if you look at that, if they score those two runs, and now it's a seven to five game or seven to six game, and oh boy, it's getting a lot closer. Right. That's a little more pressure. So my biggest key is let's score with runners in scoring position. And if you 
know what I mean by that. If any time a guy gets on second base, to be able to either a hit him in or move him up, that is a, that moving him up to third even counts as uh, in that hit column. Um, but still, let's move him to home. Um, and even getting a sacrifice fly, okay, even though that, you know, uh, that counts as you getting an RBI. Mm-hmm. Getting that sack fly to get that run home, I think right now is going to be a big key. You know, we go out in one game, we score nine runs, and the next game we score one. <laughs> so right. there's got to be a, a difference. There's got to be a balance in between there somewhere along the way that we can – you know, we can move it to where we can score five runs in one game, five runs the next game or whatever, uh, because the next two guys coming up in Charlie Morton and, and Max Freed sometimes don't need a whole lot of runs. And especially Max is a guy who usually doesn't pitch with a whole lot of runs anyway to begin with. So let the pitchers do the work. Let's get to seven innings. Those guys are going to have to get to seven innings because we're going to have to cool off on using the bullpen. You saw how effective Kenley Jansen was um, whenever he pitched on two days rest. He was very effective. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to have to do is give those guys a little bit more rest but keep stretching those guys out to seven innings. And, again, that goes back to in the pitching in the pitching realm of things, stop nibbling. Nibble, as Ted, last night my son was tired of hearing it. I kept saying, nibble, 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 walk, walk, walk. You know? <laughs> that's what you That's what me. I kept – I know. That's, I kept saying that last night. And and Max is not going to do that. No. But uh, when you go 0-2, forget this. I've got to waste a pitch, you know, to make it 1-2. and two. Forget that. Just right. get the guy out. That's the other thing. Uh, just, you know, nibble. Don't nibble. Be aggressive. Go after him. He hits it, great. Let it go. Because uh, guess what? Now you got a chance to get a double play. So right. now you can just turn around and throw one pitch and get a double play. I think it was Wheeler threw six pitches in one inning. Yikes. How about that? Okay, awesome. six pitches in one inning. Uh, and I think Strider, what, Strider the other night, you know, was, <laughs> was throwing the ball so well. I think it was, you know, he threw maybe eight or nine pitches in that one inning and was out of the inning. So that's what you need. That's how you need to be effective. But I think number one is runners in scoring position. Score when you get people on base. What about bunting? I mean, sacrifice bunting. I'm, that needs yeah. to come back. Well, and again, John, if you look at um, when you get a runner on third base mm-hmm. and they're playing the shift, it is a easy squeeze play. Easy. Right. Because right. the runner could almost score before you even bunt the ball. Okay, and all you got to do is just put the ball in play, and chances are you're probably going to get a hit if you bunt it down the third base line. It's and a double you at do. least. It's a double at least. That is exactly right. And, I, I, you know, you may have to resort to some of those things um, instead of and, – and at last night I think I saw Ozzy go the other way, which was good. Um, and, 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 again – if we're in the true stat cast error, if we're true analytics and we're looking at analytics, uh, maybe we need to bring Billy Bean in to say, look, guys, here's the stats right here. You guys want to pull the ball, pull the ball, pull the ball, but look where you really need to hit the ball. Right. You need to hit it from center field. If you're a left-hander, center field to left field. If you're a right-hander, you're hitting the ball center field to right field. You know, that's where you're dominant. That's where you're going to get hits all the time. And we lose sight of that, but a squeeze bunt would be easy. A sack bunt would be easy. Like I said, I can win every extra inning game because I'm at least going to score one run because I'm going to immediately put that runner 
uh, on third base, and I'm going to get me a sacrifice fly in the outfield and get a run home uh, one way or the other. Um, yep. and, and, you know, look what happens with a sack bunt to get him to third base. What happens if the pitcher slips like Familia did last night and throws it away, and all of a sudden we score a run anyway to begin with, and now you got a guy at second base. Yep. Uh, so things like that can happen when you put the ball in play. Strange things like that happen, and I think that's what we have not been doing, and that's because we have been striking out too much. Yep, I agree. Um, that's all I had for this episode. You want? You got anything else to get out? No, here? I'm I'm good. Let's you know let's let's get a win. Uh, let's get some wins, but let's get rolling. That's what I want to see. Let's get rolling. I'm I'm I, I like to sit down at my house, but when their brains are playing, I have to walk around my house uh, because they make me a lot nervous. Uh, so, um, but that's okay. That's I just me. I did that when I was coaching too. I would walk, I would pace in the dugout, you know, uh, and I knew my guys were, I knew how my guys were. So let's get some wins, uh, get some momentum, uh, like the lineup change. Probably we'll see it again tonight, but, but, uh, get some momentum going, get some runs, get the pitchers a little bit of help. And lo and behold, you never know what kind of streak you can get on. Is there room to pace at Jeffrey gymnasium or Taylor Memorial gymnasium? Oh my gosh! Um, the radio booth. There, um, no. It when I <laughs> when I at basketball now football, uh, I do I, I stand up at football so I can move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in basketball, I'm sitting down, but I'm usually sitting on the edge of my seat, <laughs> uh, so I can't I, I can't move as much. Uh, but there are some gymnasiums where um, there's a booth big enough that I can stand up. And mm-hmm. so I will stand up and I will move around. Um, and but at at uh, at Jeffrey's, uh, I'm on the uh, I'm on the stage, so I do have a lot of room to move around. Right. But usually in a basketball game, I will be on the edge of my seat and I will literally. And you you'll see. Hopefully you'll see this when you come up and you get to go to a game. I am on the edge of my seat. Gotcha. Okay, uh, because that's just me and how I am. As my wife says, um, I, I you know she would probably think I need to go. Uh, get something to get me calmed down uh, because uh, I am, I just don't sit still very well. I, I told my work whenever we went through the pandemic, they wanted us to stay in the office because I'm an outside salesman. And I said, I don't sit well with others. Uh, <laughs> and that was, and that was the truth. I'd rather be out roaming, roaming around. So that's me. But anyway, it's, it's all good. Get a, get some wins, get us back in that, you know, above 500. It'll make us all feel better again. Right. I agree with that. So, uh, thanks, guys, for listening to the Ethos Braves podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, you can find Absolutely. you can find me on Twitter at the Blind Donkey Runner, and you can find me on Facebook. I'm just plain old Jeremy Bell. You can also find the show at Ethos Braves on Twitter, and I believe now we are on iTunes. So check us out there. Absolutely. Thank and you, John. Everybody. You've been listening to Ethos Braves. Good night, Braves Nation. Go Braves.